We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Welcome back. Sports Radio 94 WIP. Joe Giglio with you. Tucker Bagley is behind the glass. You guys with us. 215-592-9494. That's how you hop aboard here on... This Thursday night, as uh, we look forward to this week, and I'm looking even more forward than that. I mean, I understand we have a tough game coming up on Sunday, but I want the Eagles to play the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. I want, I'd want i rather face them than the Bengals. A couple of reasons. Number one, Burrow scares me more than Mahomes. As, as great as Mahomes is, Burrow terrifies me, and I'm thinking about a fourth quarter in the Super Bowl with the Eagles up four and the ball in Burrow's hands, and I'm already nervous about it. I'd rather face Andy, Andy Reid and Mahomes in that spot rather than Joe Burrow right now. And in terms of the matchup, I, I think the Bengals are the better defense. I think the Bengals have the better secondary. They are better against the pass. I, I just rather play the Chiefs. And I love the idea, love the idea of a an Andy Reid versus Eagles through Bowl giving closure to the Andy Reid era. And come on, Angelo Cataldi going out, yelling about, Ange- about Andy Reid one more time. That would be incredible. Uh, and then obviously a couple of Eagles here were drafted more than that uh, by Andy Reid. So there's some closure there, including Jason Kelsey, who might be playing. And if you asked me two months ago, I would have said definitely would be playing his final home game this weekend as an Eagle. I mean, we knew last offseason it felt like the end. You know, the, he helped them draft Cam Jurgens in the second round in his, essentially his heir apparent. It all seemed to line up. You go back to the video when he announced he would be coming back this year. It all seemed to line up to this was Jason Kelsey's last season. And it might be, but here's Jason Kelsey today asked a good question. Like, have you thought about this? Like, this potentially could be your last home game as an Eagle on Sunday. Listen to Kelsey's response. It didn't strike me as someone who's definitely ready to retire. A chance that this is your last game at the link. Mm-hmm. Has that entered your thoughts at all? And, you know, um, will you be soaking it in more? You know, I think uh, it was like maybe three years ago. I think that might have been maybe Doug's last year. That was on my mind quite a bit. So I've learned now that I don't know when that last game is going to come. So maybe I think about it a little bit less. Uh, you know, it's always a chance that that's going to be the situation. But, um, you know, just try and think about the game and focus on taking in the moment and, and, and being 100% there. You know, it's, it's hard enough uh, doing it that way. It's going to be a lot harder if you're not focused. I mean, he may just be focused, right? He, that that may be Jason Kelsey just being laser-focused on the NFC Championship game this weekend and not even thinking about the reality of, of what he's probably already decided. That, that is certainly possible. But that doesn't that didn't strike me as a player who, who, who who's ready to go. I mean, th- there's other ways he could have answered that, like, you know, I'm focused on this game, but, but of course, anytime I step on the field, the link, it's special. You never – you know, he could have led us down the path of – I'm focused on this, but of course, anytime it's it's close to the end of a season at this stage of my career, I'm yeah. I mean, that's I'm going to think about that when I walk off the field. Nothing. I mean, it almost struck me as three years ago he thought his career might be over, but now he feels good, is playing great. Maybe he doesn't want to go. Obviously, the money's still really well, and he's compensated as the best center in the league as he should be, making about whatever they gave him thirteen or fourteen million for this year. Tucker, I heard that, and I didn't walk away from that this morning saying this is his last game at the link. I, I don't know if he's done. 
Yeah, and I think it's fascinating because you go and you look at and compare it to what happened at the end of 2020. I mean, is it as much as the success of the team and the culture of the team has made him change his mind and the fact that he's still playing at a super high level with guys he's pretty much played his entire career with, right? Because Lane Johnson's still here, Brandon Graham's still here, Fletcher Cox is still here, and maybe things changed after, you know, February and March roll around. But I don't know, the Eagles are in such a good situation right now and he's still playing at such an elite level. It's hard to sit here and say, man, it's time for him to hang it up. And now we see, especially with guys like Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers, maybe you want to hang it up before it's too late. But I don't know. I think if the Eagles win the Super Bowl, it'll be a weird conversation to have because either he'll feel like he'll go out on top or he'll feel like I still have more in the tank. Yeah, and as far as the Cam Jurgens pick goes, just to circle back to that, because they made that last year with the idea he's their heir apparent. I mean, I don't think it would be a big deal. Um, I mean, they, he, obviously he'd be welcomed as long as he wants to keep playing at a high level here. But I believe Isaac Sayamalo is a free agent. I mean, just judging on Cam Jurgens' athletic profile and how high he was drafted, to be, I, I'm sure next year if Kelsey wanted to stay, I bet Jurgens could play right guard at a pretty good level next year. So that I, I just feel like they would just slot him in there. He'd play next year there. So it's interesting. We'll see. Uh, but I did not get the sense there, listening to Jason Kelsey, that he believes, at least he's thinking about it, that this is his final game at the link. It is what I'm watching for, the future of Jason Kelsey, sponsored by Xfinity Mobile. Xfinity Mobile, the sponsor of WIP's Xfinity Mobile Lounge, a different kind of mobile network designed to save you money. Eagles, Niners, 3 o'clock Eastern on Sunday afternoon. I say Eastern because our next guest, unless he's coming out here, maybe he is. I know we had um, we had one of his teammates uh, from out in San Francisco on with us last night. Joe Shasky joined us. He's taking a red eye here on Saturday. I'm not sure if Mark Grandy is, but I do know he's locked in on this game, as is everyone at our sister station, 95-7 the game out in San Francisco. He joins us now to give us the pulse to the fans and tell us what he thinks about this matchup. Mark, how you doing tonight? Hey, I'm doing well, Joe. How are you? Well, I'm doing well. I'll, I'll be better at uh, around 6 o'clock on Sunday if I'm watching Jalen Hurts <laughs> raise the George Hallis Trophy. Uh, Mark, give me your feeling on this game and, and kind of the way it's been talked about in San Francisco. I feel like here there's some nervous energy, but it's become more confident as the week has gone on. G- give me the pulse of the Niner fan. Well, yeah, I mean, I think Niner fans, this is a matchup that they had been expecting for a couple of months now. Ever since you saw Brock Purdy look good, this was the matchup that Niner fans thinking was going to happen. They've been watching with the close eye to the Eagles ever since then. Um, I think there's no doubt that the Eagles have been the best team in the NFC all season long, and when Jalen Hurts has been the starting quarterback, of course, they haven't lost. The Niner fans uh, are keenly aware of that. However, there is still a ton of confidence with this 49er fan base, considering just how talented they are. Not to say that the Eagles aren't either, but you throw out a group on offense that features Debo Samuel and Christian McCaffrey and George Kittle and Brandon Ayuk, Kyle Juszczyk and and Trent Williams, uh, and Brock Purdy's been a revelation. You're going to be hard-pressed to to find a Niner fan that thinks that that isn't a group that can get it done, and that's before you even look on the defensive side of the ball which features the likely defensive player of the year, Nick Bosa, perhaps the best linebacker in the league in, in Fred Warner, another great linebacker in Dre Greenlaw. So ton of confidence, but I will say there's also a lot of respect for the Philadelphia Eagles out here on the West Coast, in, in the Bay Area specifically, because this is uh, the matchup that I think most fans out here have been expecting 
and uh, therefore are, are very eager to see on Sunday. Yeah, I fall in line with that, Mark. I've been expecting it too. I, you know, I, I said in October I thought these were the two best rosters in the NFC, but by a lot. And you know, it, you know, we didn't know how it was going to play out in the bracket and and who gets injured and all that stuff. But I'm not surprised we're here. In fact, I've expected it. But Mark, obviously, I'm surprised that it's Brock Purdy under center because when I had that thought in October, it was Jimmy Garoppolo, and now we're on Brock Purdy. Mark, what do you think about this kid? Like, you know, you know better than we do. I, I watched him in full the last two games, and I caught a decent amount of him his other games, especially the uh, the standalone game against the Seahawks on Thursday night. But how good is he? How much of this is Shanahan just getting him by? Give me your thoughts on Purdy as as you guys have experienced the start of his run all the way to now. It's an incredibly wild experience because there's this guy that you didn't really know much about, a seventh-round Mr. Irrelevant rookie. Uh, if you're drafted Mr. Irrelevant, odds are you're really never going to do anything in the NFL, and now you're in the NFC Championship game. And You look at the way this roster is constructed. You look at everything that Kyle Shanahan has done as a head coach. I think it's relatively easy at least from the outside, to to somewhat write off what Brock Purdy is doing or not necessarily give him the correct amount of credit for what he's been able to do this season. I mean, you look at some of the numbers, um, he's been really good. I mean, he's he's putting up 30 points consistently for this Niners team. I know last week only 19 against Dallas. That was by far the best defense he's played against so far in his career. He's thrown just about every time he's out there two or more touchdowns, again, other than last week when he did not find the end zone. The only touchdown for the Niners was on the ground from Christian McCaffrey. Uh, So he deserves a ton of credit. But, again, I think it's easy to kind of not give him that necessary credit because of, as I mentioned earlier, all the weapons that they have offensively. So I feel like there's kind of this disconnect where you can write him off a bit because of all the talent that he has but he has undoubtedly, there's no question, made the Niners' offense better. Just look at the numbers from when Jimmy Garoppolo was the quarterback to now that Brock Purdy is the quarterback. And it seems to me, watching all these games incredibly closely, Kyle Shanahan even trusts Brock Purdy more than he ever trusted Jimmy Garoppolo, which is wild to say, considering Jimmy Garoppolo had been this team's starter for years. But he opened up the playbook more. He was more aggressive on early downs. He was more aggressive in the first quarters with Brock Purdy as his quarterback. So certainly, this is a relatively easy system to have success in because of all the weapons and because of how good of a mind Kyle Shanahan is, Joe. But I do think that Brock Purdy deserves more credit than he is getting nationally. So, Mark, uh, do you sense any oil is leaking here? I mean, the last couple of weeks, obviously the stakes are higher. It's a playoff game. I have seen, and and I'm sure there's been more you've seen over the regular season games, but I've seen some plays where he's running to his left and kind of into no man's land, or he's throwing the ball nearly picked off, and and they haven't been, right? He hasn't played poorly, uh, and they've won both games. But it feels to me, to me a little bit like those could turn to picks if he doesn't clean it up. How about that as he goes up against the number one pass defense in the league? Yeah, he's had a couple where he got away with one. There was one of their Thursday night game, week 15, going back a little bit further in Seattle uh, where one of the defensive backs for, for the Seahawks, I believe it was Diggs, just had a ball right into his chest and, and he couldn't squeeze it and it fell incomplete. And then the other Diggs uh, uh, in in Dallas dropped an interception as well. It was deflected at the line, so a little bit more difficult there and not necessarily the worst throw for Puri. So he has gotten away with a couple of throws that probably should have been interceptions. But even if you do count those as interceptions, he's still doing 
a relative good job of taking care of the ball. I mean, on the season, 16 touchdowns. This includes the postseason and just four interceptions. And, again, that's not in a full season. He started the final five games, played in the final six games of the regular season, and has now made two postseason starts as well. Uh, But he's done a good job taking care of the ball. And while maybe it was a little more uneven against Dallas, you mentioned kind of the eagerness to roll left kind of awkwardly for a right-handed quarterback. Maybe he was bailing on the pocket a little bit too early. I I feel you there, and I think I'm with you a little bit. But I also think this is a situation, especially last week, where he played, and you guys know the Dallas Cowboys. Unfortunately, they have an incredible defensive line, incredibly athletic, and incredibly quick. He was aware of that, and he knew he had to act quickly. I think that was a big part of that performance last week. And let's be honest, the Niners' offensive line wasn't as good in the first half last week. That made it really difficult on Brock Purdy and and kind of forced him into some of those um, difficult scenarios where he was forced to avoid pressure, to roll left, and and try to get the ball away just before getting sacked by by Micah Parsons and company. Uh, And, you know, for a young guy, I think experiences like that are really important. I think this is an opportunity for Brock Purdy to learn from that experience. Kyle Shanahan... Brock Purdy himself, Debo Samuel, a number of people in the Niners organization have come out and said this week, Dallas was a great experience for the team as a whole, but specifically for Brock Purdy because it allowed them to prep for the Philadelphia Eagles. It's obviously a different beast the Philadelphia Eagles are, but it was a good way for Brock Purdy to, to feel what it would feel like to go against an elite defense in the postseason. And while it wasn't always incredibly pretty, he still took care of the ball. So I do think we'll see Brock Purdy perhaps a little bit more composed, at least in the, the scope of plays. Perhaps the crowd gets to him to, to a little bit. But I think when you see the football snap, I do think you'll see a little bit more composed Brock Purdy. And a big reason for that is because of the experiences last week. We're talking to Mark Grandy, 95.7 The Game out in San Francisco, our sister station out there. Mark, what is the um, what is the pulse and the feeling among the fan base uh, based on the expectation and kind of how important this is? So we know the Niners have been at three of the last four title games. They went to a Super Bowl. Is the feeling like, hey, this is the year, this is our year to win it all? Or is it more like, hey, we're a great franchise now, or, you know, a top-tier organization, we're on our third-string quarterback, we're on the road, we'll be back even if this isn't here. Like, give me the pulse. I, I remember the Eagles, you know, 20 years ago when they started a similar kind of run to the Niners where they were in the title game year after year. After a couple, it started to build like, hey, we got to we gotta finally win one of these before, you know, it, it's too late. What's the feeling, Niners fans, in this particular weekend? I think with the emergence of Brock Purdy, maybe Niner fans feel um, a, a little less stressed about this one. Obviously, it's still a gigantic deal, and anytime you get this deep, you want to win the Super Bowl. But because they feel like, Niner fans feel like they found a quarterback in Brock Purdy, that they hope is able to, to lead this franchise for years to come, as crazy as that sounds, for a seventh-round rookie. That's what Niner fans believe. I feel like they think that the future could also potentially be the 49ers, you know, theirs for the taking if, if they want. I do feel like the Niners feel a little bit more confident about their future now that they have seen this from Brock Purdy as compared to Jimmy Garoppolo because, as, as you guys know, 
I'm sure Jimmy Garoppolo wasn't even supposed to be a 49er this year. It was supposed to be Trey Lance's team, and, and then, of course, Jimmy Garoppolo's offseason surgery, and no other team was willing to meet the Niners' asking price for a trade, so they restructured, restructured his deal. Breaking news, that's not happening this offseason. It is Brock Purdy and Trey Lance in the future, and it'll be Brock Purdy's uh, job to lose starting next season. Um, so I think with that said, there is a little bit more confidence for the future, and of course they have an incredibly talented roster around him. But I will say, Niner fans have been waiting forever for another Super Bowl. I mean, I remember in the Jim Harbaugh days over a decade ago now, uh, the slogan was Quest for Six. The team has won five Lombardi trophies. They've been waiting on a six forever. Hasn't happened in the 2000s. Last time you got to go back into the 90s when Steve Young uh, and, and Jerry Rice and everyone ended that epic run for the 49ers. So this is a franchise that, as you mentioned, has been to this stage and a step beyond this stage uh, recently a couple of times, a handful of times but they haven't been able to close the book. So while they are confident about the future, they still desperately want this one uh, because they, they haven't been able to hoist that trophy for such a long time. All right, Mark. We're Mark Grandy of 95.7 The Game. I, I think it, you guys, I'm sure, have talked about it all week, and it's, it's no secret that the weakness of the Eagles, and there's not many, but their run defense. And they've cleaned it up over the second half, but you know, for, if I had to pick one over the season, it's been their run defense, and I'm sure Shanahan and company are going to want to exploit that on Sunday, control the clock and, and move the chains. What's the Niners' weakness, Mark? Like, if the Eagles win this game, and, and you guys talking next week, what, what went wrong? Other than Purdy, let's remove him from the conversation for a second. Where's the weakness that you expect the Eagles coaches to attack on Sunday? I think there's a couple to point to. The first one is the offensive line. They are anchored by Trent Williams, probably the best tackle. Maybe Philadelphia Eagles fans might argue, argue me on that, but the best tackle in football Trent Williams on the left side, he's incredible. But you look elsewhere, there's a lot of youth. Aaron Banks, second-round pick uh, a couple of years ago. He's in his second year but didn't play at all last year. Uh, then you've got Jake Brendel in the middle in, in the middle at center. He hasn't he doesn't have a ton of experience on the offensive line in the National Football League. And then to the right of him, it's Spencer Burford, a rookie out of University of Texas, San Antonio. So they are a little bit... Uh, inexperienced on the offensive line, and of course, considering how good that Eagles defensive line is, that could be a, a bit of an area of, of imbalance in this one. And then the other is the defensive secondary. Charvarius Mooney Ward has been incredible, a great free agent signing from the Kansas City Chiefs, but he has been beaten up a little bit by, by quick, strong, tall, athletic receivers, and A.J. Brown certainly fits that profile. D.K. Metcalf, A.J. Brown's collegiate teammate, uh, abused Mooney Ward a couple of weeks ago when the Seahawks played the Niners in the wild card round. He had over 100 yards, had a 50-yard touchdown against Mooney Ward. So I think that's an area. The corner opposite Mooney Ward is Diamondo and Lenore, a late-round pick out of Oregon a couple of years ago. He was forced in due to an injury of Emmanuel Mosley early in the season. He's played better of late, but uh, that defensive secondary, specifically the corner spots, I think are areas of weakness for this Niner defense and a player like A.J. Brown added Devontae Smith, I think can take advantage. So if the Niners are to lose this game, I would imagine the Philly D line 
and those two Philly receivers had a big game. All right, Mark, let's end with this. Um, one of your coworkers, Joe Shasky, told me he's taking a red eye out here uh, Saturday morning to come watch this game. What, what do you anticipate? I mean, I know the Niners travel well. I mean, it's a, it's a great franchise, and you guys have a lot of fans everywhere, not just, uh, not just in the Bay Area. Do you expect an invasion here? I mean, I, I don't think you guys are going to come take over the link, but do you expect, have you heard a good number of Niner fans are making the trip across the country for this game on Sunday? I don't know about exact numbers, figures, or percentages. I will say uh, you're right. Niner fans do travel really well, and I'm sure there's a handful of Niner fans, more than a handful of number of Niner fans out on the East Coast that probably won't need to travel all, all that far to get to Philadelphia. So I think there's a chance you see a decent amount of, of red in the stands. I will say I would expect it to be nowhere near the level of Niner fans you saw, say, for example, in Dallas last year in the postseason when that looked like and felt like a Niner home game or in the NFC Championship game last year in Los Angeles when that looked and felt like a Niner home game. I think Eagle fans are, are too loud and proud to let that happen. But I, you, you'll probably see a, a good contingent of Niner fans uh, at the link on Sunday. However, I, I don't think you'll it'll minimize how daunting of a task it is to go into Philadelphia and try to win a football game. Yeah, daunting's a good word. It's going to be uh, it's going to be a, a circus-like atmosphere here, Mark. Loud and, and circus-like on Sunday. It's going to be a lot of fun. Mark, I appreciate you hopping on. Enjoy the game, and uh, and good luck to your team. Thank you. Of course. Same to you. Thanks so much for having me on. Appreciate it. You got it, man. Mark Grandy, 95.7 The Game, out in San Francisco. Yeah, I, I do wonder how many Niners fans will actually be in the building. I mean, it's across the country. I know they have a they have a fan base that does travel well. I mean, I would equate it. Not It's not quite Cowboys, but like Steelers kind of. But, I again, it's so far away. I mean, if they have more than, I don't know, of the 70,000 seats, if there's more than 2,500 Niners fans in there, I'd be surprised. I am waiting to see because remember in 2017 when the Vikings fans came here and they embarrassed themselves on the museum steps? I am waiting to see if we get anything the next day or two of a a Niners group that tries to pull a stunt. I mean, there is zero reason for me to harbor any ill will towards Vikings fans. I just don't like them anymore. Well, I think they're losers. Plus, I, I think once in a while you have a moment that has nothing to do with the game where you know the game is over. And what I mean by that is when the Vikings fans did the skull chant on the museum steps, the, the championship game had ended right then and there. And it's the same thing when the, the those Padres guys sang that song. Remember? I do remember. What was the – I trying to remember the, the lyrics to it. Uh, that's what's it. That's, remember they kept – that's what they that's kept saying. That's what's it. And they uh, – Manny's going to cruise – Bryce yes. is going to lose. <laughs> like when that happened, the NLCS ended. When that happened, I went and I bought my World Series. Yeah, it, it was. There was no way the Padres could win after that. So I'm, I'm kind of secretly hoping that Niners fans come here and do some sort of lame thing. Yeah, I just I, I don't have any issues with 49ers fans, but I'd like to. Oh, and by Sunday we will. I mean, yeah, if we get one of those, I, I just hope because you know it'll go viral and you know. It just is a bad omen. Like, if you do something completely embarrassing for your team on the road, you know, in a city like this before, yeah, it um, it's going to end poorly. 215-592-9494. That's how you hop board here. We got some good news for the future of the Eagles coaching staff. I'll explain why next. And hear from Fletcher Cox talking about how loud he expects it to be, the home field advantage at Lincoln Financial Field. That and another notch in the Howie Roseman future Hall of Fame case, all coming up on Sports Radio 94 WIP.
We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.